Hey there. Um, here we are again for another 10 talk. And today we're going to talk about how God is not offended by our questions. And this is um, less a work of if our 10 minutes timers on now. That's great. It's less about us projecting that onto other people, but us being okay within ourselves and our own faith journey to ask questions and to dig into these conversations and be present. And for me, one of the people who really opened this wide for me was Rachel Held Evans. And I just find it really timely that this has been on our schedule for a while to talk about this yeah. this week. And um, on, I think it was Saturday, Rachel Held Evans stepped into eternity after a battle with um, unexpected illness. And it hit a lot of us really hard. In fact, we're supposed to record on the weekend and neither one of us could even begin a conversation without um, dissolving into tears because she was such a mother and a trailblazer in this conversation about leaning into your faith and asking questions and exploring your faith deeper and knowing that God has made all the room for it. Like there's no shame. There's no um, space that he pushes back on us. He mm -hmm. answers those questions. And so um, even now I'm a little bit thinking about her a little choked up, but so yeah. grateful for her voice mm -hmm. and the voices of others that she's elevated and mm -hmm. Karina, I know to you that, um, you know, we were talking earlier how my initial reaction when I first heard Rachel talk about stuff, I'm like, you're allowed to say that kind of stuff. And because she pushed against some of the core things I was taught in evangelicalism that mm -hmm. felt totally unsafe that she right. was coming at. And I gave me a pause. And yet in my spirit and, and in my journey, I realized that's exactly what we're pushing needed to happen. And for you, your reaction is a little bit different because you are also a chronic practice server and question asker. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I think I think I had been in a place where um, my experience growing up was that I, I did just tend towards asking questions and, well, that makes no sense. Why are we doing it this way? And And I probably did it with incredible finesse and acumen, which has probably made it really easy for people to gently guide me along. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to put every response uh, difficulty all on, on the other party. Um, but I, I do think when I first heard her, it was like, so this is actually okay. Because I think that I had taken on a lot, a lot of shame thinking that um, like as a woman, it was not okay to be pushing those envelopes and and it was not okay to be taking things to the edge it was not okay to be asking questions because like clearly god must be upset because all the other people around me seem really disrupted and disturbed by these kind of questions and so her voice was just such um a breath of fresh air and, and an invitation and a way forward and and i did i enjoyed her writing but what what I feel like taught me the most was the way that she just consistently engaged with people online in a way that she chose to stay at the table and not, you know, walk off in a huff and leave. Or if if and she she apologized when she needed to. She but she also didn't kind of let go of some of the things that she felt was really important. And it was almost like yes, we would love to find agreement on these things, but the fact that we're in conversation is the most important thing. And um, I think, you know, there's a difference between staying at the table and saying, I have to stay where I am in my faith right now, 
like the answers that have felt like answers must stay the same. And I think there's a difference between let's stay connected, let's keep this conversation going, let's not, um, as Brene Brown puts it, armor up and shut one another off, but let's learn the holy practice of staying even when we're not in agreement or we don't quite understand where the other person is coming from. Well, and that's the key to relationship, right? Like you only get to know someone through asking questions and why ever we thought that we can have a deep and lasting faith without asking questions. I don't know where this came from. Right. And mm -hmm. I mean, this goes into a million different directions and a much longer conversation, which I'm really looking forward to when we launch in September, because yes. this is such a big piece of what, of what we'll be talking about. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think that the switch happened where I became okay and began to take ownership of my own questions and diving into my mm -hmm. faith was that, that difference between looking at a question as a warning flag of a lack of faith versus right. a marker of someone who is seeking a deeper faith and a deeper understanding. And I mean, people I'm not interested in, I don't ask a lot of questions to. Right. I don't want to know them more than I don't ask the question. But if I want to, if I want to know someone, I lean in and I ask questions and I listen really hard and, and I try to tease out more information from them. So why would I think of my faith and my relationship with Jesus to be any different? Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, the Bible in my context of growing up was this solid rock and it's the gospel truth. And, you know, you take the Bible literally and at face value and yet in that there's all these places where people are asking questions and the context that was taught to me is, well, God loved them anyway. Plus right. that even in all these questions and laments, God still loved him. Yeah. But God loves us for our questions because he's created us to be curious and he's put that spirit in us and the creative mind in us. Mm -hmm. And I think that this, gospel truth thing that we cling to is a sham and you've actually been the one that's broken down some of this with me because of the people that you've been leaning into listening to and reading right i know one of the one of the things that um has been really interesting to me is the study of something that's called transliterated words and a transliterated word to give you my off-the-cuff definition is a word that is kept in its original language, but then it gets used in a new language and gets meaning attached to it. And one of those words is the word gospel. And gospel did not start out as a church word. It doesn't mean evangelism. It doesn't mean right answer. It just means good news. So like, it is going to be like 28 degrees Celsius. I'm not sure what that is in American, but it's, it's going to be that, you know, by Friday. And that's like, that's gospel. That's good news. It's not snowing where you are. That's the gospel of no snow, uh, according to Karina and Nicole. And, um, or when you finally tell me that you're moving to BC so that we can live closer and do this together, that's going to be some sweet gospel for me right yep. now. But instead we've made it gospel equals the right answer. And we kind of then turn a blind eye to really the very different approaches that it, for the four gospels that we have in our Bibles, or even the other early Christian texts that were used the same as the four that we have in our Bibles in the early church, they were 
accounts of people's experiences and and there are accounts of the same event that sound very different and it's because it's people's experience and it's not contradictory it's just what's speaking to them what was important to them what was highlighted to them what did they want to highlight to the people they were writing to who was their audience right it what it's not it's not the the sterile facts it's the living and breathing experience of the good news according to matthew mark luke john thomas mary you know whoever the gospel according to karina what is the good news what is it that god's doing in me right now not that the bible does totally inform me about what god is like and what jesus was like but i have my own gospel experience and so do you and so why don't we start listening instead of armor up shut it down yeah mm -hmm. and i think that when we open up our hearts to this understanding that um the holy spirit most we didn't just operate in the early church. We are still the continuing church and right. the Holy Spirit still operates now and we can interact and we can ask questions and we can sit with this ancient text and allow it to speak to us in the context of where we're living. Because we also have this idea of, of it is unchanging. And although the words are unchanging, our culture shifts and changes. And so how it is applied and how how we work out some of those things mm -hmm. also and changes and i'm sorry i'm offended at that we can't talk anymore oh well there's the end there's the end <laughs> well, and that, that, we got to do better than that you know we've got to do better than than farewelling people when we yeah. feel uncomfortable with what they say we can do better we can do better because jesus consistently did better and he showed us what was possible. He showed us how to be truly human, you know? And, and so when we lean into the way, Jesus as the way, Jesus shows us that we can talk with people that look like our enemies and we can stay at the table with them and not break relationship. And we can stay with those questions you know, you think about Jesus over and over again. The only people, the, the, the only time I remember that, you know, in my Bible knowledge is finish that is Jesus getting upset with the established religion that thought it knew all the answers. That's right. So, and I think that part of this yeah. is, you know, we look at Jesus the way, the truth, and light, like, like you said, and we focus on truth and light to chase out darkness, but it's actually the way he did it that matters. Mm -hmm. And that's what we hope um, carries on in our conversation after this video is that people engage with one another, either in your offline lives, but also online. That yeah. If you have a question or you have a comment, please leave it like public. We love the, the private messages we're getting, but there's also real beauty in sharing and community together and being yeah. brave enough to say the things that res resonate with you. We yeah. often receive half a dozen people private messaging us, they're kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. And it's scary to comment publicly. Yeah. And I get that, but I want to encourage you to do that because we need your voice and someone else needs your voice and your experience too. Yeah. So we're hoping, we're wanting to create those me too moments where, where you're like, I thought I was the only one or like create that place of like, I've never thought about that before. 
like that, that's part of that. I've not thought that anyways, we're starting to talk about it again. We got to cut it off. We got to say we're done. Um, yeah. We'll be here next week uh, with our number five. We're going to be halfway through these yeah. 10 talks that we're sharing with you guys. And um, it's, we're it's talking good. about, this is going to be a hot one. It's uh, leaving room for color. Who defines the borders of Christianity? Ooh. Yeah. So that would be super light and easy. We'll probably only need two minutes. Easy breezy. Send us That's your questions right. on that too. If you're like, what do you mean? Who defines what, wherever, how we want to, we would love to be also in these 10 minute things or in future podcasts, uh, addressing that. So this is taking too long to wrap up. We're just calling it. It's done. We're done. Bye.